So good evening one and all here tonight and to those joining with us on our podcast service. Welcome to the house of God here at Charters Towers Christian Outreach Centre. It's great to see and to be with people that are hungry for God. I always love the midweek meetings because it's always people are generally who are hungry for God and it's great to minister and to spend time with people who are hungry for God. Amen. Not just a fan of Jesus, but a follower of Jesus. And there's a massive difference. Are you a fan or a follower today? And, uh, but recently at our midweek meeting, I spoke about the word of faith which we preach. And it's referenced, was taken from Romans chapter 10 and verses 8 to 10. I'll quickly read through that before I move on to some new material. And Paul is saying, this is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so in a nutshell, those, that awesome scripture there, only three verses, it says that you shall possess Christ if you confess him, amen, from a believing heart. And when apply that same spiritual principle to other aspects of your life, you'll have great breakthroughs. But Jesus encourages us when confronted with situations beyond our human limitations, particularly in the area of our mind. And uh, in Mark 10, 25, this is Jesus speaking. He says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And Asher and I were speaking about that just before the service. And the disciples, I can see, they were just exasperated with Jesus, really. And perhaps they even got a little bit impatient. And, uh, and with this whole concept of taking a, a camel by the tail and begin to thread its tail through the eye of a needle, how exasperated would you feel? And I've heard alternate teachings regarding that too, I know, but all those other explanations seem to me just as impossible. Imagine that, trying to... Uh, thread a camel through the eye of a needle. You start with his tail, but what do you do when you get to the leg? You know. And Jesus, and I can see, sometimes you can get exasperated with things, can't you? Tonight I'm talking about patience, faith and patience. That's an exciting subject, isn't it? Everybody loves to hear about faith and breakthroughs and miracles and raising people from the dead. And then we come to this subject called faith and everyone goes, oh, hurry up, hurry up. Hurry up, hurry up. Remember Mr. Blackboard when I was a kid on TV? Mr. Blackboard. And, and then in Mark 10, 27, and Jesus sort of said, well, with men it's impossible, but not so with God. Here's a key. For with God all things are possible. Notice it doesn't say to God all things are possible. It says with God. And so not to God, but with God. So it speaks really here of a divine partnership. And this is when we become partakers of the, the divine nature of God in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. Partakers of the divine nature of God. So we enter into a divine partnership. With God, all things are possible. Amen? And so Jesus then moved with his disciples a chapter later to Mark eleven twenty two and 24. So I'm going to quickly go there. Just repetition is an amazing keynote of learning. Paul said, for me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but it is necessary. Why? Because we have all a propensity to forget. And here he is, after he cursed the fig tree and it died from the roots up, 
And he said, have faith in God. So there is the object of your faith. You can put your faith in a lot of things. A lot of people out there are saying, oh, have faith, have faith. But what is their faith in? The object of our faith is a born-again believer. Our faith and the object of our faith is in God and nobody else. Amen? Nobody else. For as surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Powerful scriptures linking your believing and your confessing and your receiving all with this one thing. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You know, if you don't have an unction of the Holy Ghost when you're preaching the Word of God, it says the same word being preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith. So there needs to be an an unction of the Holy Ghost and an unction of faith upon the Word of God when it's preached for you uh, to be able to quicken your spirit. And so have your spirit open to what God wants to say to us tonight. And so in the scripture we say, whosoever can have whatsoever. And uh, we know that there are hindrances to prayer as outlined in verse 25. And specific obstacles that in fact can altogether stop your prayers. Having a wrong relationship with your husband and wife can be, and it says, it says uh, husbands be good with your wives, otherwise you'll Prayers will be hindered. Remember that one. And there's other places too, like unforgiveness. I can see a few nudges going on there. But we'll also look in in weeks to come at the relationship between prayer and faith and how the two work together. And most of these concepts work together. They work hand in hand. No, uh, No biblical principle or spiritual laws work in isolation. They work hand in hand. And uh, that things that believing is a key element in apprehending the promises of God. Amen. All the promises of God. This book here is filled with promises. My, my uh, theologians tell me. I mean, there's thirty-three thousand one hundred and thirty-nine verses, and there's something. I think there's more promises in the Bible than there are verses. Isn't that amazing? But they are all apprehended by a believing heart. All apprehended by faith itself. And so tonight I would like to bring our attention to the necessity of faith and patience. I can hear, yay, yay, bring it on, Jeff. I can hear the excitement. It's riveting. And uh, working together, working together, faith and patience, working together to apprehend the promises of God. And in much the same way, we we will look in in the next few weeks at the relationship between prayer and faith. Tonight we're going to look a little closer at faith and patience. And really, together they form a dynamic duo working together in your spiritual life. You can have faith without patience and you will be minimised in what you can do. So I'd love if you would go to... uh, And I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 6 and start probably around about verse 10, I think. So Hebrews chapter 6. And I'm going to read, uh, I think I'll read from verse 10, just a couple of verses here. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Verse 12, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience Inherit the promises. And there it is. Now that I've alerted you to this duo, this faith and patience working hand in hand, 
I don't know if, if there's anybody here who likes to mark their Bible and colour in and highlight and do all this sort of stuff. Anyway, my Bibles look all like that. I've got heaps of them, and they all look like a wreck. But they're a workbook. They're a study book. I think dirty Bible, clean mind. Clean Bible, dirty mind. Amen? And so it's a good thing. So faith and patience. So when you come to the word faith in your Bible, I highlight it with blue. Faith and faith and faith and faith. But I have found over and 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 over that where I highlight faith, I find that word patience not too far away. Not too far away. And it always seems to be in relationship to hardship, perseverance, and struggles, and persecution. Particularly around topics like that. And you'll see that you need more than faith, but you will need coupled with it, hand in hand with it, working with faith is this glorious thing called patience. And it is a glorious thing. And... Uh, and so in Hebrews 10.36, for you have need of in, uh, assurance. I'll go to 10.36 there, won't be a moment. For you have need of, uh, 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 of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, that you may receive the promise. Listen to this. In verse 37, for yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. We've been talking about faith and vision and writing the vision and have faith and declaring and all this. Sort of. We're coming full circle here. Full circle because it brings us straight back to Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2, which we've been talking about in the last five messages. You see how all these things intertwine. You can't isolate spiritual principles. When you take a verse or a word out of a verse... That word is in a verse. That verse is in a chapter. That chapter is in a book. And that book is in the book of books, 66 of them. And you don't take one verse out in isolation and form a doctrine of it. You find out what it's got to say between Genesis and Revelations and maps. And then you can begin to ascertain what that verse is really, really nailing. Amen? You can get into a lot of... You, you say, context is king. If you take context away from a verse, you are left with a con. Amen? Isn't that a good one? If you take context away, you are left with a con. You can come to suppositions which are not entirely correct. So it brings us back again to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Write the vision and that the just shall live by faith. So faith and patience working hand in hand, not in isolation. And particularly when times of testing come, you will see that great attribute of patience working hand in hand with faith. This is practical stuff. This is Christianity 101. It's great to have all the faith in the world to raise the dead and to uh, heal the sick, to raise the lepers, restore sight to the blind and all this sort of stuff. But what will help you endure to the end? Amen? What will help you to endure? And he who overcomes as I also overcame, you'll find that attribute of patience working hand in hand with faith is what will see you over the finish line. Faith and patience have, and have been called by many teachers as power twins. I call them dynamic duos, but they're power twins. They work hand in hand. And uh, what holds you firm while standing in this faith is this great helpmeet. I call it patience is a helpmeet. It comes alongside faith to see the vision accomplished. When studying the word and the work of faith, you will see that the word patience, it just pops up everywhere. 
And now that I've mentioned it, I say, read all your scriptures again through the lens of faith and patience to get a clearer and fuller picture of how they work in your life. What I'm talking about here is character, isn't it? Content of character. Patience is a virtue. And so I, call, I liken it, I saw a, a, a one word there in, in my study over the years, and it was like a buttress. And I come from the building industry, I'm a carpenter by trade, and a buttress, my, my family were involved in the brick manufacturing industry when they came to Australia. And, uh, but a, a, a buttress is like an engaged pier on a brick wall. And the buttress supports the wall. An engaged pier is totally inter interlocked with that wall. It's not always the most picturesque thing, but it is very, very necessary to strengthen the whole thing. Patience is just like that. It strengthens your faith. It's imperative that you have it. Because this character flaw of not having patience, you might see great and mighty things, but don't have the character sustain, to sustain the gift and the calling of God upon your life. That is what I would call Hollywood. Tremendous gifts, but no character to sustain the, lift, the gift, and the gift then crushes that wonderful person. That's what it's like when we don't have the character of God or the fruits of the Spirit working in our life along with the gifts of God. So a buttress is like a, it's a proper to support. You shore up something. It's a, peer, it's a reinforcement. Patience is something. Don't look at patience as something that is just all hard work because patience will work for you. And uh, it's a stay, it's a strut. It therefore increases the strength by coming alongside in addition to the word of faith and patience are these other glorious words. I've coupled them all together. You'll be encouraged by them. Persecution, hardship, trials, tribulation. Who's feeling excited here? I can see it. I can hear it. Say hallelujah. Amen. Tribulation, times of testing and endurance. It's exciting stuff, isn't it? But this is where faith and patience, this is where patience kicks in for you. So you're working, you're working with patience. And, uh, and it builds your life. I, I encourage you to work on this attribute of patience in the good times because not-so-good times generally come around. And how do we respond? It's not what happens to us in life, but how we respond to what happens to us in life which sorts the men from the boys, which just, which just sorts the people who are great Christians and somebody who is an awesome Christian. Amen. Who wants to be awesome in God today? I want to be awesome in God. So these attributes God is looking for. Let's go to uh, just an example of that. Go to uh, 2 Thessalonians and verses 1. And here we go. Uh, 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 chapter 1, verses uh, 3 to 4. And here we'll, we'll see faith and patience. There's so many scriptures. I, I'm only just going to be scratching the surface tonight. And here it is, is Paul speaking. And uh, he says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. Your faith is growing exceedingly. Our faith in this place is growing exceedingly. And, and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. Our theme this year for this church is others. 
I mean, esteeming others more important than ourselves. That's our theme this year, others. And so, and in verse 4 it says, So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. So there's all those exciting words following faith and patience again. Amen? So they seem to be always attributed. Faith and patience seem to work most closely when, we're, when faith is under fire and when we're under the pump, when we're being tested. Faith and patience working hand in hand, seeing us over that finish line. And so, uh, therefore, since we are... Oh, hang on, where am I going here? Uh, so I've defined faith many, many times. We know that the Hebrews... Uh, is, the he- is the faith book of the, of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 11 is the faith chapter. And uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We've gone over definitions of faith many times in the last month. But here is something about patience. Patience, lenience, lenience towards others, of course. Forbearance is the King James, uh, James Version. Fortitude, patient endurance. Long-suffering, the ability to endure persecution and ill-treatment. It also describes a person who has the power to exercise revenge, but instead exercise restraint, which is almost another definition for grace, isn't it? Grace is having all the power available to you, yet exercising restraint, which is like, well, like what Jesus was. Jesus was on the cross, He had 12 legions at his disposal, yet he exercised restraint and saw his mission from the Father endured and completed. I mean, it's good stuff. Just very quickly now, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10 goes through the list of the gifts of the Spirit, which are nine. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to rattle through them. The word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith. There you see it. So faith is a gift of the Spirit. Gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So it lists nine gifts to the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 23, it goes through the list of the nine fruits of the Spirit. And listen to this. Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it's interesting to note that faith is a gift of the Spirit, while patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Isn't it amazing? And so there it brings in, uh, I think, uh, Ephesians 5.18, that we remain in the Spirit, or be filled with the Spirit, Paul said to the Ephesian church, which wasn't an idle suggestion, but it was a command. Why be filled with the Spirit? So that the fruits of the Spirit would abound in our life. These are all the things that make up a great character. And where we're deficient in the fruits of the Spirit, we can become a clanging symbol, raising people from the dead, but having not love. The Bible says, preach the truth in love. And when love is missing, that preaching is abrasive. When you preach hell, like you want people to go there, people feel it. (laughs) But when you preach hell, because you're trying to deter people from going there, you preach the same message, but the motives... And from the spirit that we preach out of makes all the difference. Isn't that true? Our motive, how we preach, we could preach, we could preach the, the gospel message gun barrel straight. 
and just as empty. We have to be filled with the Spirit. If this message of mine was not laced with prayer, not laced with a, a, a relationship with Christ, you'd say, oh, well, that's, he's just preaching doctrine. He's just preaching theory. He's just preaching this. He's preaching that. Because that's how it will come across. It will come across as information, not revelation. And we need revelation. Amen? We want the revelation. And we want revelation comes from inspiration. Inspiration from who? Inspiration from the Holy Ghost. Amen? Not doesn't come from here, but it comes from here. Massive, massive difference. Massive difference. And so the Old Testament priest, he wore a robe. It's interesting to note. And at the bottom of the Old Testament priest's robe were pomegranates and bells. Pomegranate and a bell. Pomegranate and a bell. So it was a gift of the, or a fruit of the Spirit. That's the pomegranate. And a bell is the gift of the Holy Ghost. See that? Alternating. And when we have the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit working hand in hand, like faith and patience, that's good ministry. That's good ministry. That's good ministry. Why is faith alone not enough? Why is our declared word and even declared word of God not enough? And the answer is really simple. We come to Christ. And uh, we come to Christ just as we are. Jesus accepts us just as we are. He can't love you any more than he already does. It's taken us half a lifetime to accumulate all the mess that we're in. And it takes more than just one prayer to get us out of this mess. It's going to take faith and patience, probably mostly on God's behalf, but our faith and patience too. Amen? Our faith and patience working hand in hand, and God works with us. He knows how much we can handle on a day-to-day -day basis. He doesn't work on all areas of my life all the time. It'd kill me. But he does one thing at a time. Amen? And so, uh, so patience will be required on our behalf to carry us through the process, and it is a process. Till the day the Lord brings us home, it is a refining process. And uh, he, doesn't, he takes us through the process. He doesn't take us out of the fire, but he takes us through the fire. He doesn't take us out of the valley, but he takes us through the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Amen? And so in, in regard to all hardships in life, the Lord does not take us out of us. It's not a beam me up, Scotty sort of thing. Lord, get, get me out of here. Get me out of here. No, he doesn't. He, he just, in, he, when you begin to seek him, he empowers us. The power of heaven, the dunamis, dynamite power of God helps us, comes alongside us. The Holy Spirit comes alongside us and we walk through the fire. We walk through the flood and we walk through the valley. And that's why we're built up in our most holy faith doing things that we never th ever thought we could ever, ever do because he is with us. Daniel is 70 years in captivity. And when he prayed for the great breakthrough, he had to wait another 21 days for an answer, just for an answer from the Lord. This is a man who knew what it was to hear the voice of God. 21 days. What kept him in faith and steadfast? You guessed it. It was patience. Daniel exercised patience. And I have to say, exercising patience is an exercise. It is something that we build up in and it is something that is intentional. It does not happen by itself. Who knows that 
You, don't, you go to the gym, that's an intentional thing to do. You go there and you build muscle. It's called uh, resistance training. And increased resistance builds muscle, amen? Muscle density, muscle size, and all those sorts of things. So too with patience. We exercise patience. And the Lord will bring us into different ministries as we begin to tick some of the Lord's boxes. Because he doesn't want his people harming his people. Remember that? Galatians 5, 23, the fruit of the Spirit. But that word translated in the King James was forbearance, as Jules said before. And it means to, to let up, to let go, to relax, to loosen, to have patience. Take the weight off your own shoulders and have patience yourself. We can get ourselves all worked up about a lot, a lot of things and cause our health to even suffer. But to dismiss, to let alone to cease from threatening a relaxation of strain to endure. See, patience works for us as well. And it certainly helps everybody else around you. Amen? Hebrews 12.1, he says, Therefore we also... I mean, the scriptures here, there's just so numerous, you, you can't cover it. Uh, but therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. In other words, exercise patience. And the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Faith and patience will give us endurance. It's endurance training. And uh, Lester Sumrall, that, that great apostle of faith in a previous generation, I think he only died about 10 years ago, but he spoke of patience as love under trial. <laughs> Ever work with people that you really, really love but really, really drove you crazy? That's love under trial. Amen? Jules has got to put up with it all the time. Proverbs 24.10 says, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Your faith is small. I tell you what, patience coming alongside your faith shores it up, strengthens it, and allows you to stand with dignity as well. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. I think that's Isaiah 7.6. I've got to clarify that. But many people are often saying, they're heard saying, I don't know how much more I can take. Who's ever heard anybody say that? I'm at the end of my rope. The Lord says, tie a knot. I'm heading for a nervous breakdown. How many people, have you heard anybody say that? I'm at my wit's end. How many people have said that? That's people who have given up on patience. They've just spat the dummy and they said, I'm not exercising any more patience. I am going headlong into the flesh. It's a decision to go headlong into the flesh. But we're called to remain in the spirit. And, uh, or we're advising somebody and they're telling you of some problems and you go, you don't have to take that. In other words, you're, uh, you're advising them to get into the flesh and just retaliate. You don't have to take that. Who's ever said that? to a good friend when they were enduring some hardships. You said, you don't have to take that. I'll come around and we'll sort this out right now. Eh? I've done a bit of that myself. That's why I can preach it so good. And people can then often give up or they can give in. You can give up on give in on patience. The Bible kind of patience is far more resilient than that. It's more like, this is Bible patience. If you don't give in, God won't give in. Amen? Amen? His strength is more than you need and are sufficient in him. You stick with God and he'll stick with you. And he'll see you through. Amen? Amen. 
you don't give in, God will not give in. James 1.4. Yeah, it had to come back to James at some point in time. He loves this sort of stuff. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Awesome, isn't it? But let patience have its work. So there's a work. It's that coffee grinder experience that goes inside you when you're working with some certain people. Who's ever heard the, had the coffee grinder experience? I've had the coffee grinder experience. Your innermost being is in turmoil. You've lost your peace. You're just about to strangle somebody who you're with nearby. Who's ever felt like that? Just me, I know. Just I know you're all too holy for this. Luke 21, 19, it says, By your patience, possess your souls. This is an amazing scripture when you think about it. By your patience, possess your soul. And so it indicates to me here that if you're not exercising your patience, then who's possessing your soul? Isn't that interesting? By your patience, possess your soul. When you exercise patience, you have full control and you possess your soul. You're not under the influence of any demonic spirit while you're possessing your soul. Amen? By, but when you lose it, anger is a sure gateway for influences not of God to operate in your life. Oh, yes, they will. And, the, and what happens is you can come under demonic influences and things like that. You can allow hatred, unforgiveness. It takes effort to love. It's easy to go angry. It's easy to get into unforgiveness. I know because I get there. Real regular at times. More regular than I'd like to admit. But it happens. He says, but by your patience, possess your soul. You possess Christ and the fruit of his spirit when you take control, take authority. When, you're, when the Lord gave us dominion over the, all the earth, that means over your own soul as well. Take dominion, take charge, and don't just go off on a rant and a rove, but be decisive in controlling these things. 2 Corinthians 6, 4, But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience. Here is again, in tribulations and needs and distresses. You see how faith and patience seem to be always to me associated with getting through tribulations and needs and distress. Patience will see you through. And these are the sort of things that take ministers out. These are the sort of things that take good, really, really good men and women of God out. They take us out. And the devil likes to do this. He'll give you somebody. He said, I'll come and work to you, for you for nothing. And he comes alongside and drives you crazy. The devil will do that, amen? He'll join you. <laughs> but in all things, but like a life jacket, a developed patience is most useful in times of distress and times of turbulence. 2 Corinthians 12, 12. Here's a good one. Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you, and we love that. All the signs of the apostles, and we stand up pretty tall. I'm five foot three. And we're accomplished among you. And then it goes on to say, with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. So, all perseverance. It's in there again. I hate that word. But we like the signs and the wonders and mighty deeds. But you see that perseverance is what opened the door for you to achieve those things. And do it in the spirit of Jesus Christ. We love the signs and the sound of signs and wonders and miracles and mighty deeds. But faith, working with patience. Patience is that buttress which shores up, which strengthens that brick wall. Patience is just that. 
is just that. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom. This is First Revelations 1.9. And patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelations 14.12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. So in the scripture, we can see we're a co-heir in the patience of Jesus Christ. But that, uh, in the, there's one uh, Greek word there uh, which is associated very closely with patience is that compound word, uh, a Greek word called hupomone for patience. And it, and it indicates here a cheerful or hopeful endurance. That's patience. Who's exercised uh, 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 patience and had a cheerful and hopeful countenance on your face? See, the Lord's still working on us, isn't he? But that's what the Lord likes to see. But it refers to a resolute decision that no one will move from his position or stance. That's patience. Patience holds the line. Patience doesn't, when the pressure comes on, you don't do a runner. I've done a few runners in my time. I've done a few runners. Took me about 25 years to get to Charters Towers. <laughs> 25 years. Went down, to, went down to Brisbane, thought I was going into itinerant ministry for two years. Place went into lockdown three days after we got there. COVID-19. Couldn't do anything for a couple of years. But a resolute decision not to move. In other words, to hold the line, stay the course, and having done all to stand. Patience is that buttress that supports your faith and supports you to be able to stand when things are not so easy. Patience is that virtue. And so when things like test your patience, say your internal dialogue will say, I'm losing my patience. That's your internal dialogue. I know because that has been mine. But when I make a resolute stand and say, Lord, you have given me all that I need. Your grace is sufficient for me. You will take me through the valley. You will take me through the fire. You'll take me through the flooded river and you'll take me through that valley of death. Amen. It portrays, it portrays a person absolutely committed to what he believes and to the position he holds to be true and dear. And it's regardless of how heavy the pressure seems to be or how much trouble mounts against him or her. doesn't matter what pressure comes your way. You know the Lord. The Bible says in James that the Lord will not give you more than you can handle. Remember that scripture? I can't remember chapter and verse. But he refuses to remove, to move or surrender. And in, in that way, we need to be stubborn in the things of God to remain undaunted and just continue to stand. Sticks to his position, abides by what he believes, and he stays put no matter what trials come upon him. If you've ever worked in the military or perhaps a paramilitary organisation, one of the first things you will learn is to never lose, your, never leave your post. Who's been ever involved a little bit in the military? Never leave your post. If you've been assigned a duty here or there, or this is your position, you're holding this hill, you're holding this valley, you're holding this creek, you're on this machinery or this or that, that is your post and you do not move from your post. Faith and patience. Patience will help you to hold your post. If the Lord has appointed you into a ministry and sometimes you just think, oh, I'm out of here. I've had enough. They don't appreciate me. They don't love me. Da-da-da-da-da, blah, 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 blah. Hey? Nobody here has ever felt like that, I know. 
I know. But patience will hold you firm. And that it's, a, it's an attribute, it's a fruit of the Spirit. Faith is a gift of the Spirit. Fantastic to have the gift of faith. But without the, or the fruit of the Spirit of patience alongside, it becomes what you would call in 1 Corinthians a clanging symbol. Amen? Faith without love, a clanging symbol. So the, it's the kind of faith like patience that the Old Testament saints had stating, staying power, hanging in their power. And we need to have more hanging in their power. Old school people around the ridges, they've got hanging in their power. They, got, they never think of leaving. But we're a pretty transient people these days. But the, when this patience is working in a person's life, it gives us a, a supernatural ability to remain steadfast. Who likes a supernatural ability coming upon your life? Oh, that's called the grace of God. And it comes to us every day. And so you say, I don't know how long, much longer I can do this. But we must understand that the grace for today comes today. And you think, oh, I haven't got the strength to do that tomorrow. No, why? Because the strength to do that tomorrow comes tomorrow. And the strength to do it the day after comes the day after. It's pretty deep, isn't it? Very deep. But that's the grace of God. And uh, the other aspect, in just in closing, as Jules just comes to the keys, there's a, there's a Proverb 23, verse 7. I hadn't thought about it for a long time. And it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. There was a, oh, there was a, uh, a philosopher, Ralph Waldo Emerson. I heard him 25 years ago. And he said, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I'm thinking, when I became a Christian in 1992, I read through Proverbs and I'm thinking... Hey, Ralph Waldo Emerson, he just reworded a proverb and put his name to it. <laughs> a lot of them do. Just reword the wisdom of the ages, distilled wisdom of God. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The moment you say that you can't is the moment that you can't. But when you say to yourself, your internal dialogue, you said, bring it on. The Lord will not deliver me anything that more than I can handle for today. I've got it. And the Lord's got your back. If you're a boxer, God would say, he's in your corner. He's got your back. And he will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I'm going to round up right now in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. My brethren, count it all joy. This is the Lord's brother. And this is why he preaches a bit like the Sermon on the Mount. It's the Lord's brother. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. The testing of your faith produces patience. God is doing a great work in us. But let your patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Please, I ask that you stand to your feet. What a beautiful message. It's a good message. We, we, talk, we don't talk enough about the things of character. I like faith. I like vision. I like seeing things happen. I like talking about revival and all those sorts of things. But these are the nuts and bolts things that God is working in our life day to day. And even as I minister myself, if I don't have these fruits of the Spirit abounding in my life, I'm nothing more than a clanging symbol. When I was a little boy, they used to call me Squark. I was the littlest kid in, in, in my home, just this big, and I was nine, I think. 
and I had to be heard. And the only way I could be heard, I just spoke up, spoke up. But if I'm like that now, I'm just speaking up and squawking and speaking and mouthing off. But there's no substance of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. You turn off real quick. You'd say there's no authenticity in there. But people out here in the towers, they like something that's real. They like something of substance. They want something that's fair dinkum, which is the most powerful word in the English language. Father, in the name of Jesus, you're calling us today to be fair dinkum with you because you're a fair dinkum God. And you love to see this character of all these fruits of the Spirit, but particularly, Lord, faith and patience working hand in hand because you want to do mighty, mighty things in the earth. And you want to do mighty, mighty things, Lord, through these great people of God here today. And for those listening online, you want to do mighty things through their life too. But you want a character, Lord, that you can trust. You want a weapon, Lord God, that you know that is sure. Iron that has been tested. Gold that has been purified seven times. And Father, some of these things that come our way, they test our patience. But you are building us, Lord God into a vessel that will not be shaken, Father, will not be moved, and we're here for the long run, not going to toss it in. And the first, at the first uh, opposition comes our way, but you have called us to be steadfast, to hold the line, and to stay at our post. And that character, Lord God, will sustain us because you sustain us by your grace each and every day. Father, I pray and release this word in Jesus' name over everybody here today. I pray that the blessing of heaven rest upon them today. For those listening online, I pray that this word resonate in their spirit. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the great and continuing work that you are doing in our lives. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, amen and Amen and Amen.